Broadcasting from the ESPN Tallahassee Studios in Florida's capital city and in partnership with the JoeBucksFan.com podcasting network, this is the Scuttlebucks on 97.9 ESPN Radio. The Scuttlebucks with Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang is presented by Bill Curry Ford, Tampa's hometown Ford dealer for nearly 60 years and home of the nationwide lifetime warranty for new and pre-owned vehicles. BillCurryFord.com. Here's ESPN Tallahassee's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Always fun these days talking about uh, Buccaneers football. They tend to come to these editions of the uh, Scuttlebox after a victory. And there's real momentum, obviously, with Tampa right now. Things are getting in various aspects better by the week. There's one thing that's not. We'll have to talk about that. A little PR blow this week uh, for Tampa and, and one that, um, you know, your two hosts here uh have expressed displeasure with so certainly won't shy away from the Antonio Brown signing uh and and that discussion but as far as the football goes the bucks get another win and look good doing it and salt it away and if i could spend the vast majority of this show talking about uh, Devin White i would i would just spend the the 45 minutes or so that we do this show tom talking about Devin White for those that don't know he won the defensive player of the week of course he did that would be an 11-tackle, three-sack performance. That would be also stopping a fourth and one. That would be two tackles for loss, a forced fumble. Um, he is a man-child, and watching him play right now is my favorite thing to do on Sundays. And I know Brady's electrifying right now, and those numbers are staggering, and they look like they're only getting better. Um, but it's it's something to watch him and Levante David. The Bucks are the envy of the league when it comes to linebacker play. Yeah, my two favorite players to watch right now are Devin White and Gronk in the last couple of weeks. And his feet have you know been removed from concrete, yeah. sir. He looks like a player again. He, he looks like he's done some ballet between then and now, and that's what happens when you get up to speed. But mm-hmm. I think Devin White is one of the top five most exciting players to watch in football, and that's very homerish. But honestly, no, it's look incredible. across the league. Who's unique? There are a lot of great receivers. There are a lot mm-hmm. of really, really good quarterbacks that do it different ways. You know, Patrick Mahomes does it one way. Justin Herbert is not all that dissimilar. Aaron Rodgers, amazing to watch. But it's not unprecedented. You're used to seeing beautiful throws. Tom Brady made four or five this past weekend. Uh, he made the throw of the year so far. Who's, uh, who that one is unique Miller. across this sport? You know who is? Devin freaking White is. Yeah. At that size and that speed, It it is Navarro Bowman, Patrick Willis reincarnated with Levante David and, and Devin White. I'm not going to get tired of saying that because I'll never get tired of watching it. Yeah, he leads the Bucks in tackles, 61. Tackles for loss, 8.5. Uh, he has four sacks from a middle linebacker spot. Um, he, he's just – and that hit on a car while Carr's trying to get to the sticks and get mm-hmm. it out of bounds is evil. That's a Mack truck, and you could see it. And the way the league's called these days, I assume there was going to be a flag. But the angle – I don't know the exact moment that Carr recognized I'm not going to get there, but the more horrifying moment for Carr would not be I'm not going to get there, would be I'm not going to get to the out-of-bounds marker and I'm going to have to take this hit. And it's that if you slow it down and watch it, it's pretty funny because he realizes, A, pretty early on, 
oh, there's the man again. Here he comes. Yep. He's triggered. And then B, okay, I can't get the first down. I really need to get out of I'm not going to get out of bounds. Here we go. And you know, it's gorgeous. Here's what this does for Daniel Jones or Taysom Hill when we mm. face him or the next quarterback that is running along the sidelines. Watch that film. They're going to slide three yards short because they don't want to take the hit. It's like in hockey. If you have somebody who forechecks over and over again and they're a giant body, guess what? As a defenseman, your clock is sped up. You're going to make yeah. a decision faster, and it's going to be a bad one. You're going to turn it over. Same thing in this situation. If it's those two guys <laughs> running, at, and <laughs> God, here's no. the intersection point. It's changing. You're doing the math. You're like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fourth and two instead of third, you know, third yeah. down and in inches, or fourth and in inches, excuse me. You can watch him do it. He does the math on that play. It's really funny. I would invite everybody to go back and watch it. I saw it. I, of course, I was watching it in real time, but then I slowed it down. I was like, oh, I can see that again. There is that oh, blank moment where, and we've all been there, where you make a poor decision, and as you're kind of making the decision, you're this is I probably oh why am I this is not good you know like you it all goes through your head quickly cars running I'm gonna get that for oh no I'm not oh my god there he is yep. mm -hmm. oh no <laughs> yeah you know who can relate is Buda Baker it's the same thing oh, you're checking yes. over your shoulder and you're like look at this guy he's gaining up he's getting he is he, he, oh my god I, yeah. I'm not gonna make it no and then it, he looked like a child that's still my favorite play of the year um, the other night, if you guys haven't seen it by now, most of you have your football fans. World has to, to this. Move, yeah, yeah. But you you watched uh, DK Metcalf track down, hawk down Buda Baker. Buda Baker's fast. Caught that ball in stride. Has a head start on the five. My man's in the end zone and is two hundred and forty pounds and is running the other way. Right. So if you factor in, I got a head start, and I run a 4-4-5, all right? And you say, Jeff, you go from the goal line to the five, dead sprint. I'm going to be running the other way. Right when you start, I'm going to stop, put my foot in the ground, and look back. And when you get to the seven, I'm going to go. That doesn't make any sense mm -hmm. that you would then not only catch me before we go 100 yards, but a good bit before we go 100 yards. You know, I mean, 80-something yep. yards in. I got your ass. And on those plays this week, I know that everybody's seen 10 of them now because it evokes memories of some of the great oh, ones yeah, of all yeah. time. Yeah. But there's that thing where the guy who has the ball is looking over his shoulder. Oh. Or you can see it even with a visor on. It's like they're checking, they're checking, yeah, they're like, checking. What in the world? That's what Carr did. He's like, oh, 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 no, 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 no. I'll bring it back. I had the opportunity to ask Rondé Barber about, I don't know, it's a couple months ago. Uh, he came on a show that I do for SiriusXM uh, for PGA Tour. Anyhow. I was doing that show, and we had Rondé Barber on. He's very involved down in Tampa and, and, and gets involved in, in golf there. And he was talking uh, to, to me and a co-host, and I, I said, when you picked the ball off against McNabb, against the Eagles, to shut down the vet, did you know that you were gone, or did you have any worries as you were taking it back the other way that you could get caught? And <laughs> I got to give him credit. He was like, well, I wasn't going to get caught, is what he said, first of all. He goes, but when you're in that coverage and he makes that throw, the hardest part is catching the ball. Because you know while the ball's in the air, if I catch this, I'm gone. Right. And he said, but, you know, and if you look at it, it's, go up high, it's yeah, kind of a tough yeah. catch, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's not a simple breadbasket catch. But he said, no, I knew I was gone. Uh, but then also he talked about the scoreboard at the vet. He could look as he was running. And he could see. Yeah, he had an escort yeah. before anybody else is going to catch him. He had an escort, but also he's looking. The he gets five yards into his run. He's looking up at the big jumbotron and knows ain't nobody coming. 
I think when we watch these guys get hawked down these days and plays like that, that's that's where Buda Baker knew he looks up and he sees your boy closing in. That has to be terrifying because you can hear him, but you can also see him if you glance up. That's uh, that's the yeah, stuff of nightmares. Yeah, just a monstrous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. That's got to be the worst. We've all been chased down. I mean, everybody's, oh, yeah. everybody's had to run from somebody who's faster than them. And it's a Oh, one of the scariest moments feeling. of my life was um, – we were playing as his middle school in Clearwater. We're all Bucks fans as we're yeah. kids and stuff. Pretending, to, yeah. I right. hit my buddy Teddy Larson, who played for the Bucks, yep. played for the Bears and the Dolphins. He was a part of the miracle down in Miami. Yeah. He was a key part. I may have hit him in the man region with a tennis ball, and he got furious. Because he should have been. And he was fast for his size. <laughs> That's why he played in the NFL. <laughs> you like, saw no, it on the Miami Miracle. Yeah. Look how fast that guy is for that size. Yeah, you're like no, no. And no. he's chasing me down. I've I've not screamed in my life <laughs> like that ever <laughs> before no. or since. I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that's fun stuff. Well, the Bucks right now are a lot of fun to to break down and to watch and to see grow. Uh, it's one of the reasons that I feel such bitter disappointment that Bruce Arians has reversed course and decided to sign a piece of garbage like Antonio Brown. Um, and, you know, it's unnecessary. This is a group that is moving the ball as efficiently as any in the NFL. The numbers in the course that Tom Brady's on right now Go back, harken back to 2006, 2007. Uh, he's playing like he was a young man. Uh, he is he is putting up an 18 to four touchdown to interception ratio. We see the pace that he's on to throw for well over 4,000 yards. And remember, this is all the while incorporating a lot of the New England system that he's forcing Bruce uh, to take on. And it makes me laugh. Bruce Arians has said a number of things that he just can't stick by. The latest is the Antonio Brown thing. I'll read his quote from back in March, and then we'll see what happened. But also this idea that, you know, last year you're going to tell Jameis that, you know, he has to just learn this high-risk offense. Lots of guys throw interceptions in this offense. No risk, you know, no biscuit, no risk it, no risk it, no biscuit, excuse me. You know, challenge people down the field, down the field. Uh, and then, you know, he basically says Tom's going to have to come in and run the offense, and we all rolled our eyes going, if Tom Brady wants to run his offense, he's going to run his offense. And right. that's kind of what they're incorporating more and more. And you don't have to take my word for it. This isn't embittered. Peyton Manning brought it up recently and talked to exactly – he goes, look, this is this is the Patriots' offense. That's why he's comfortable. That's where he knows what where the fifth read is. You know, it's funny to watch play out. It's also the right move. You've got the oh, greatest quarterback was. of all time who ran a system to perfection – and now you go out and you do the right thing in the draft. Jason Light had a great draft. You protect him by bringing in a tackle. You've kind of stuck with the running game, not something we would have done a year ago. You leave guys in to protect and pass pro, too. You see yeah. that more oh, often yeah. than you did last year when he was indignant and said, we're not doing that. Yeah, we won't that do it. That only takes a receiver and an option off That's that. right. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right. the right. stuff he said he wouldn't do, of course he's doing. Well, because he has to acquiesce to Tom F. and Brady. But here's the deal. Who is a statue, and you got to protect the statue. Right. But he moves well in the pocket subtly, by the yeah, way. That's correct. He, he does but, move well in the you he ain't running anymore. If it was last year's offensive line and that statue of a body with Correct. no extra bodies dead. in for pass He'd pro, be dead and, he, and he not sticking playing. to the run, making Correct. somebody throw the ball 50 times a game. Yeah. No, it's So he's totally acquiesced, which he should have done from the beginning. Yep. I'm not mad about no, that. The moment it's you just get an him, observation. You do that. Yeah. Oh, the second you sign him, you say, this is what we're doing. How can we not? It's remarkable. So it's, it's happening now. And the reason I say all of this is they've done this basically without Mike Evans who is useless every week, and then and he's hurt. He's hurt. I got it. I know. He's hurt. He's hurt. And he's not useless, I suppose. Drew he some does. big flags for us. That's not why Mike Evans is there, but you're right. These days, 
drawing a flag is a big deal in a, in a game and featuring Mike Evans because he's certainly not going to catch a football. And then there's, you know, Godwin, who every week, and he's, he's not going to play again this week, is hurt. And those are legitimate injuries. I'm not questioning their toughness. I'm not saying that they're dogging it. I'm not saying I'm even mad. Uh, I'm frustrated because a fully healthy Mike Evans is an elite player. A fully healthy Godwin, we know, changes what this offense is. Godwin's the best, best receiver we have. And so when those guys miss all this time, it's very frustrating. But it's also really uplifting because you're thinking to yourself, well, Brady's making this happen with Scotty Miller. Nothing against Scotty Miller. He's a three three or four receiver, right? And and he's got Gronk into game shape now. And he's just, whatever is there, he's making it happen. He's making it work. When they get healthy, and I'm assuming Mike Evans is going to get healthy, and obviously Godwin will. This is a, a broken finger. He'll be back probably the following week. You have all the weapons you need. Why would you bring human filth into the locker room, a guy who has proven to disrupt locker rooms, to cause the kinds of problems that you know you don't need when you're five and two leading the division and on pace to set records in Tampa. There's no reason if you're going to bring in a guy, bring a guy on the defensive line like they did this past week. That's a smart move. You lose a guy, a vital cog to your defensive line. You've got Todd Bowles, who's worked with a player right. with the Jets, and he makes the move. Detroit got Everson Griffin for a sixth. I don't know if he would have fit under the cap, but yes, you can go get somebody that can help fortify your defensive line ranks. You could even find a receiver on a lot of these yeah, teams that yeah. are shutting it down. Yeah, the, the ones that know get the kids from Atlanta. I don't know. He's, He's a good player. Antonio, the payoff would be obvious. In that, it, yeah, he could be the best receiver in the game. Still, we don't know. It's been forever since he's played a game, and certainly he might not be in game shape. But it's just there is no logical reason when your output is such, when your personnel is such, to go take that risk, especially with a locker room that looks like it's cultivated in the right way. Yeah, That's a, a lot Bruce of has done a successful there. job of flipping that. And for all my ripping Bruce, and you just did too, and we did too for a second there, for being senile and losing a step, maybe two. I agreed with him in March when he took a stance on right, Antonio well, let Brown. Me, let, let's read it. Wholeheartedly, so, I agreed with him. Let's go back and revisit that so you don't think that we're just conjuring up something from our imagination. Um, head coach Bruce, I'm reading from an article. Uh, this was posted on the, well, I think this was back, yeah, this is March. Head coach Bruce Arians shot the idea down during an interview with Tiki and Tierney. That's a radio show, Tiki Barber. Um, quote, it's not going to happen potentially of adding wide receiver Antonio Brown. There is just no room. It's not going to happen. He's not a fit here. He goes on to say that Antonio Brown is, quote, not a fit, not in our locker room. Now, okay, obviously he's talking not just about the numbers. He's talking about the player, the person, okay, at that point. Um, and if you go back and his position, uh, it was reported by Ian Rappaport on the NFL Network about his previous relationship when he was offensive coordinator with the Steelers and had to coach Antonio Brown was one in which the two gentlemen did not get along. And how could anybody get along with Antonio Brown? Nobody does. Nobody does. The Raiders, the Patriots, the Steelers, nobody does. Certainly not movers or women. Brown is currently under NFL investigation after his former trainer accused him of rape, sexual assault, and a lawsuit. Another woman has accused him of sexual misconduct, then said he sent her threatening text messages and was willing to show as proof. That's according to Sports Illustrated. I'm reading again from an article. The Patriots released Brown 
after the Sports Illustrated reports, you recall. That's the article that I'm quoting from. In January, Cameron Wolf of ESPN.com reported that Brown turned himself into Broward County Jail while facing charges for a felony burglary with battery. Uh, and he also did uh, criminal mischief stemming from an allegation of assault on a moving truck driver. So you have more than a little smoke, Tom. He, now he's not been convicted of these charges. He did plead guilty, so so uh, at least towards the uh, the 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 uh, burglary uh, and assault. Yeah, of no the, contest. Yeah, right? yeah. So okay, you have more than enough evidence that this is a really bad guy and here's ryan clark talking about antonio brown the person because he shared a locker room with Played antonio with brown the person i believe he'll be successful and get his stats but that's all he cares about and he's showing his truth his true colors of not being a good teammate and i and whether this is controversial or not i really don't care and now finally showing y'all that he's just not a good human that's uh, ruthless. Uh, you know, there's a guy that played with him. That was relating to his time with the Raiders That's after correct. the trade to the Raiders. Yeah. Ryan Clark said that. Ryan Clark has gone further than that in saying that there's a reason, and you brought this to my attention last year, there's a reason Antonio Brown, who is as petty as they come, never comes back at Ryan Clark. Never, because he knows Because he's got Ryan more. Clark knows where the bodies are buried. And I'm not sure that it's literal, but you know what I mean, that there yes. are myriad examples of this guy being a horrible, yeah. horrible person. And Ryan Clark is willing to share those if Antonio Brown wants to step to him. Yeah, right. he, he, said, he noted on that same show, oh, he won't retort, he won't come back at me, he knows better. He knows I know more that I'm not saying. Yeah, oh, no, he went on to say that, and others have too. Um, the, the battery charge, by the way, came from, quote, actually and intentionally striking a driver. Uh, that was the mover. Uh, so, and, and he, had to pay a, uh, he had to pay a fine. He also had to restore the property that he destroyed. Uh, listen, we document that because not everybody really recognizes all that this entails. They see a really talented player in a league of mercenaries. I call it, for those that have listened to the Jeff Cameron Show over the years, I call the NFL a league of mercenaries. Surely nobody could disagree with that. We see team after team, the Bucks aren't the first, team after team, league, uh, player after player, administrator after administrator, from the top of the league on down, from Roger Goodell on down. They will look the other way. They will allow for grievous errors to, to go unchecked much less allow guys who are guilty of heinous crimes come back into that league. Now, listen, so you know where I'm coming from. I am not one of these guys that wags his finger at the league and doesn't think people don't deserve second and third chances. I think they do. And I'm also not the guy that's such a goody-goody that suggests that, you know, if you've got some marks on your wall, so character, that you can't still be productive for an NFL team. Tom and I used to get in arguments about this. We'd have a lot of fun on the show where we'd play the role of a GM and we'd say, all right, if a guy's guilty of this, do you let him play? Well, given the mandate to win football games and what's at stake here, and it's not a bunch of choir boys in the NFL, I'd, I'd live with that. But you know what the NFL is? Usually, it's filled with great guys. I mean, the vast majority of the players around that league are great guys, hardworking professionals, good people, just like at most offices, right? There's always a bad apple. I'm not one of the guys that thinks this league is full of criminals and bad people. Nope, it's not. I think the vast majority of them are good guys. We hear about the guys that step out of line because, obviously, uh, this is a, a sport that is wildly popular and everything is documented. I got all that. 
But Antonio Brown is a bridge too far in your eyes and my eyes too to some extent. Um, it, it saps the joy out of what we're getting and seeing from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's completely unnecessary. Again, I keep reiterating yeah. that point. It's completely unnecessary. It's also counter to what he said. I don't know where to go from there because, I mean, I pretty much agree with what you said. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel like making it a lead or whatever, making it an issue. Um, well, I, I, mean, I don't begrudge B- Bucks fans for doing whatever you want with the Antonio Brown thing. I don't. If if you want to look at it as a league of mercenaries and say this is just another in a long line of examples, then fine. And you're going to enjoy it just as much as the Bucks win, fine. For my money, uh, I said it right away on Friday. I'm out. I can't do it. Here's the deal. I will root for the good guys on the Bucks. I will root for the Levante Davids of the world, who is documented to be a great guy. Oh, yeah. There's Mike, a lot of Evans Mike Evans is a great guy. Is a great human being who is of that community. Yeah. Anytime a teammate does something for the community, he's there to support his teammate. That's right. yeah. So I'm rooting for the good guys here, but I will derive no joy when I see that person. And that's a... Interesting. I don't even know. Yeah. When I see Antonio Brown suit up for us, I cannot feel the same passion. I cannot feel the same love for the franchise that I have my entire life. And that includes the Jameis thing. And here's why. If you listen post the Arizona deal with Jameis, you'll hear my tone change about him. I didn't believe a thing that was in uh, the Tampa Bay Times, for example when it comes to the Jameis Winston stuff before he was drafted. You know why? I read the police reports yeah, and the You evidence. and we both did, yes, of course. Read the stuff about Antonio Brown and tell me that that doesn't become a pattern and believable, extremely believable. And and here's the thing. I'm not changing affiliations or anything like that. I'm no, going to watch the games. I'm going to break them down. But players come and go. Coaches come and go. Owners come and go. Yeah. I always can't stand when people say, they got sticks up their asses saying, when you drop a we about a, a, a team you love. Well, you didn't practice for them. You didn't make that play. No, but guess what? Players come and go, coaches come and go, and owners come and go. But if I'm going to be a Bucks fan from the day that I can remember watching sports to yeah. the day I die, then yeah, I'm going to say we in right. that circumstance. So you're part of that community. You give your money, all that stuff. However, right. I'm going to put it on pause while this guy, if we win the Super Bowl, if the Bucks win the Super Bowl happy with Antonio for the good guys Brown, on he that goes team. for 9 and 152 and two touchdowns, and he's named the Super Bowl MVP, or he, he's even on the team and he's a big contributor in that game, I cannot enjoy it at the level that I would if it was the group that I just watched this past weekend and the group that I'm about to watch on Monday night against the Giants. So I got to put it aside for a little bit. Yeah. I don't begrudge any of you who are going to enjoy it all the more that you potentially get one of the best receivers in the game. I just can't go there. Yeah, and we don't know that he's that, and we also don't know that he's ever going to suit up for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and play in a meaningful game. He's still under investigation by the NFL for accusations by his former trainer, Brittany Taylor, for rape and sexual assault. So, And there's the civil suit pending. There's all kinds of stuff going on there. He may never play. You can find, no exaggeration, 8 to 12 incidents involving this guy in which you'd say, oh my God. God, right. what is wrong with him on all kinds of different levels, well, on all different levels? Go to the social media platforms that are his. See what right. he's put out there. It's uh, Yes, the mother of his children that he's not agreeing with. He's dropping B-bombs, N-bombs, F-bombs, and there's a rainbow conglomerate of cops standing out in the street watching this all go down, and his toddlers that he's screaming in front of Correct. and treating the mother of his children with this disrespect, and then he's yelling at the cops, challenging them to a fight? And he's recording this himself because it think, he thinks it makes him look tough. I'm sorry. In the age of social media and in my, in my adulthood, when I get to know more about the players 
if somebody like this wears my uniform, yeah, you're not happy. I can't do it. Tyree Kill, Adrian Peterson would be the same thing. It's really not even that emotional of a decision for me. It's just kind of a disappointing moment because I really am invested in a lot of these good guys, and I'll be happy for the good players on the team. I just can't be happy as a Bucks fan on the same level. And that's the humanity of the sport, I think. Yeah, it's frustrating. I think you you, you said it right. Um, again, we're not goody-goodies, but there is a line. No, and, and if you and, want to enjoy it, do it. I'm not telling you how to be a Bucks fan. I'm not doing that. But this is how I feel. Yeah, and disappointment. Just just saying the words disappointment, I, I think it's absolutely spot on. It's, it's frustrating and it's disappointing. Uh, yeah, I, I, well, we're, that's the last we'll talk about it today. Because, again, it's not something that is going to affect the team this week. They come off a win. He didn't play in that game. Stop playing this game against the Giants. Let's continue to enjoy the, the Bucks weekend. The footnote on this, though, outside of the legal stuff, is it really, when you do a cost-benefit analysis, and you did it on the way in about the locker room and the chemistry, this makes no sense on, like, ten levels. It makes no sense. Uh, because I, of the, the talent you have, the risk you're, you're running... I mean, so what happens if we get through three quarters in his second game and he's got no targets? You think that's going to go quietly? What's that going to do to Mike? What's that going to do to Godwin, who is our best receiver because he does everything in that offense? In fairness, they have said if he complains about touches, if he steps out of line in any way at all, they are going to release him. It's a heavily incentivized contract, obviously. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't cost the Bucks much. Apparently that is the line in the sand that they're they're willing to lay down. Again, doesn't make it right with me. I wouldn't bring in a guy that you have to have all these stipulations with, uh, especially given all the priors. And that I worked. If I'm Bruce Arians, I worked with the guy. I know what he's about. I didn't like him. It's why I said back in March, I'm not bringing him in. Yeah, but Bruce said that, right? Has Jason Light said the same thing about the zero tolerance deal? Because if it, Bruce said it, I don't buy it because Bruce already got neutered. He yeah. got neutered here. I was hoping he'd get neutered when it comes to play calling and on the field stuff. Not, you know, personnel decisions of this magnitude. <laughs> but if Bruce says first time he steps out of line, BS, you know he's going to step out of line in a meeting or say something stupid at practice. You know that's going to happen. So the moment he says one bad thing, Bruce says you're out of here, and Tom Brady's going to be cool with that. You're not buying it? No, not if it's coming out of his mouth. No, because he just got <laughs> usurped. My man just got usurped. No, I know. And, it, and, then he, and then he got indignant about it when he was asked about it. Bill Curry, for general manager Sean Sullivan, is incredibly serious when it comes to his love. For the Bucks and for Bucks fans, he'll help you personally seven days per week. Just give him a call, email him, or visit the Sean inside the beautiful Bill Curry Ford showroom one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Ask for your Scuttlebucks Joe Bucks fan discount, and Sean Sullivan will truly do everything he can to help you while you're at Bill Curry Ford. That's the uh, family service you can expect from Bill Curry Ford, and they've been honored by Ford headquarters many times for their exemplary care of customers. That's Tampa's first family of Ford for the past 60 years. Get shopping today at BillCurryFord.com. That's BillCurryFord.com. Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. True love to try. 
So when you're coming off a 369-yard, four-touchdown performance as Tom Brady is against the Raiders, coupled with that defense being what they are, you move into the category of legit Super Bowl contender. We are far enough along in the season, nearly the halfway point um, will be after we play the Giants, uh, to try to get a good feel for where this team is and where they're headed. And where they're headed is into the top five of almost every power ranking you can find. Um, you know, you'd put the Bucks right now in this class, and we're always trying to assess where they are, where they're headed, right? When you signed Tom Brady and you made the moves you did in the draft and you've signed the people that you have, you've made it abundantly clear, and that includes the Antonio Brown signing. Again, we've already said what we're going to say about that, that you are about one thing right now. You are about winning the Super Bowl. That's why you're doing any of these things, why you moved on from Jameis. It's why you made these decisions. So, to that end, Tom and I have been wanting to kind of just assess weekly how close we are to achieving that goal. Are we anywhere near being the kind of team that could do such a thing is what the regular season evidence provides you. Now, obviously, once you get to the tournament, if you will, the postseason, then it's about matchups. It's about playing well on that day. It's all of those things. But you do like to get a gauge. Are you moving? Are you upwardly mobile? Are you headed in the right direction? Are you somebody that deserves that kind of label? Or are you still middling? Are you nowhere near that kind of a team? The Bucks have, for me now, Tom, moved into that category, and the category would include the likes of the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Green Bay Packers, whom we thwarted rather easily. Uh, you know, the Bucks are in that category. I guess you'd throw Seattle in that category. I have a hard time seriously looking at them as contenders to win the Super Bowl because eventually a defense that porous gets caught up with. But the Titans are in that category. And then you're really running thin from there. So the Bucks are in that group of about seven teams, I'd say. Yeah, here's something that was really encouraging last week was the speed in the secondary from Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis breaking back on deep shots down the field. That was the one particular area that I thought, hmm, I'm not worried. so sure. Yeah. I'm not so sure we might be vulnerable. And that, you know, just to revisit what we saw in the Chargers game, um, I was worried about what Aaron Rodgers might do. I was worried about what Henry Ruggs might do. Remember Henry Ruggs? Yeah, he really wasn't a factor Not at all. A factor in that game. That game. They took more shots to Aguilar than they did Ruggs, really. And you saw in the open field our guys be able to break back full sprints and cover the things down the field they need to, especially when you're running a system that includes a lot of pressures and is going to leave your corners and safeties on an island. That's really good to see. Uh, so one of those weaknesses gets tightened up. The McClendon signing, how can you not love it? That guy was already a factor in week one. Good player and 34 years of age, chasing a ring, so he's hungry. He knows he's in a good spot. He's going to play hard. And Josh Jacobs runs the football really hard. Yeah. They were unable to do so this weekend. I thought Gruden would do a good job of isolating our linebackers in favorable matchups. He did that for a little while. He did. Yeah, a couple Waller is a tough guy to match up against, and that's if I'm the Giants this upcoming week, I look at Evan Ingram and I say, all right, I see some film about Waller. Um, nobody can really guard him, especially on that Bucks defense. When they put a linebacker on him, a safety on him, they had problems with both. Can I make Evan Ingram a part of the equation? And I think that's what teams are going to do moving forward to see if they can isolate those types of matchups. But if that's the best you can come up with as an offense in the NFL against this defense in a league that nobody plays defense – and you believe that the offense is going it's to continue to move better. along and get yeah. more efficient? Mm -hmm. This is getting scary now. This oh, is getting really scary. Yeah, they are They are a team that's, I'd say, top five with a bullet. Like, they're moving into the category now. I'm just talking about total resume at five and two, uh, the, 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 the loss to the Bears, the loss to the Saints, and everything we've seen, you know, in between. If you, if you look at all of the teams and what they've put on film up to this point, record-wise – 
matchups, all that stuff. You're talking about strengths and weaknesses. Look, I mean, everybody, and, and, and I say everybody who covers the league, every website that covers the league has some sort of ranking system. And whether you agree with it or not, that's up to you. You go and read the criteria. But they all have the Packers in that group. They all have uh, the Ravens in that group and others. And what would I say about those teams? Well, in the case of the Packers, I'd say 38-10. to 10. But I would also say there is no perfect team. You don't see that. Kansas City's defense right. is suspect. They, you know, they have trouble stopping the run, for example. Uh, the, the Ravens have been somewhat inconsistent offensively. They're not the team they were a year ago. Uh, so you're still looking at them and you wonder Ooh. about them. Um, Lamar Jackson and Devin White in the open field. Oh, That'd be fun. I, yeah, I'd like Lamar to would it. win his share, but that would be fun still. Ooh, yes. Uh, the Steelers uh, at times look like the best team in football to me, but Ben is still showing that he's working through some things with the offseason surgery. He's not the elite player he was. I don't know if that's just who he is right now as an old quarterback or is he still working through some things. But he's good enough because they run the ball with Connor and they play good defense and they've got weapons galore. So they're a team that I'd put in that category for sure, obviously. But you can't – I guess the list is short. The names of teams that you would throw out there that you like more than or think are deeper, better suited, stronger than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, is that a list of three yeah. Is that a list of three? I think it is. I don't well, it's not the Packers, so get rid of them in the list. Um would you say that you think the Steelers are better than the Bucks, the Ravens are better than the Bucks, and the Chiefs are better than the Bucks, and that's it? Yeah. And, and you like your chances in those games. I take my chances because how many of those teams, how many teams in football can affect the game defensively and change it? Right. You know, most defenses in the NFL right now are about bending and not breaking. And, you know, making a splash play when you have an opportunity to do so, not create a splash play. The Bucks create plays on defense. The only team that, that I think merits that same sort of praise is the Steelers. And that game was deceptive because of the comeback late, but they own that game. It's 27-7 or whatever. Every they, deflection, every fumble yeah, goes right. the Titans' yeah. way for two quarters and puts them in position. But the Titans believe. That's the one thing about them that makes them well, And they're good. I mean, they're also good. I mean, yeah. they've, got, they've got a system that they believe in, and they run it no matter what. And you know, I mean, listen, they're the image of their head coach, who was a good player in the league for 14 years. I mean, and they love him, and he's forward-thinking. Vrabel's smart. They do things. So – yeah, there's some good teams, and those would be epic matchups. I'm just talking about do we belong in the conversation, and that is a resounding yes, we belong in the conversation. That's who the Bucks are right now. Yeah, and, and again, the Antonio Brown thing aside, this is an offense, if you take them out of the equation, that they're still figuring it out, and you can see it. The reason the Raiders are in this game in the second half is because the offense goes a little bit cold, and I don't know that we know yet as an offense, Brady, the staff, what do you turn to when you have to have something? It's hard to evaluate on the one hand because your receivers aren't healthy yeah. and you lost O.J. Howard. But, you know, do you go to the run when you need to go get a first down or two? Do you go to the pass? I, you throw the ball. You, you, you throw the ball. I agree, but yeah. it looks like they're searching still for the right combinations well, and the right things. they're smart enough to know that to get to where they want to go. What have I said a million times and so a million other analysts? Tom Brady's the best thrower off of play action the game's ever seen. So you're going to be hell-bent on establishing the run. You gotta create credibility in the running game. You don't have to be elite, but it's got you gotta be credible in the run game because that opens everything he can do with his arm. We had questions about Brady's arm because he's forty three years old, and you thought there's no chance yeah. he can do. Well, listen, that guy's thrown into tight windows. This is again not an opinion. Every metric shows this. His his passer rating into tight windows right now is the highest in the league. 
I never thought we'd see that. And you really have to doff the cap. He I looks great. 100% agree. Um, and I think the offensive line deserves a ton of credit because year over year, what they're doing to protect oh, is yeah. incredible. Yeah. I know he puts people in right protections, his declarations of the mic, all that kind of stuff. It contributes, but we're leaving extra guys in as we hit on the first segment. It's just, uh, you know, the thing that, I, that I've learned about this team the last couple of weeks is that they can avalanche you. Look at the end of the first half against Green Bay. Oh, yeah. Look at yeah. the end of the game this past weekend. But it's not without noting that those games are, at least for a certain portion of it, in Close. the balance yeah. and, and will go cold a little bit. There'll be times when the blitz doesn't get home and it looked like Gruden got into a pretty good rhythm in the second half as he was calling plays. Uh, certainly the way the, the Packers started uh, in the first quarter or so where they had the ball for 12 minutes. We couldn't stop them. We couldn't do a damn thing. But adjustments are made. Yeah. And then if we get things cooking, then we can drop 21 on you in about three and a half, four minutes of football, which is crazy. In the NFL, you don't really see that that often. We go for your throat, too, if you turn it over. If you turn it over, we're coming for you. That's right. it. So you know, it's coming home. It's a 28 to nothing run to end the first half against Green Bay two weeks ago. And then that game this past weekend is 24 to 20 with just under eight minutes to and go. The turnover and the final happens. score is what the final score is. I mean, Jesus. Yeah, the turnover happens and we go right two plays later, we score. So it's 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 happening now. They're really good with sudden change. They get out there and they make plays. And again, the MVP for me, besides Tom Brady, who's been incredible, but Devin White and this defense and Todd Bowles, man. I yep. I, I it's He's just a fantastic coach. You can get a new 2020 Ford F-150 truck right now at Bill Curry Ford for up to $14,000 off. The October offers are extra special at Bill Curry Ford, and you can start shopping at BillCurryFord.com right now. Bill Curry Ford, you know about Sean Sullivan, lifelong Bucks fan. He's the GM there. He'll help you out personally in every way possible. Uh, go see him, and then make sure you tell him about the Scuttlebucks or slash Joe Bucks fan. Uh, they'll give you a discount. Go to Bill, Furry, Bill Curry Ford. I can do it, I promise, uh, .com, or go by and see them uh, and, and, and shop in the showroom, the gorgeous showroom, and say, I want to see Sean Sullivan and tell him I listen to the Scuttlebucks. He's going to give you some money off your next purchase. We'll come back, wrap it up. Shopping for a used F-150, a car, or an SUV? Find Tampa's biggest and best used inventory at Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium. Shop now at BillCurryFord.com and see the nationwide lifetime warranty on pre-owned vehicles. Now, here's Jeff Cameron and Tom Lang. Unfortunately... The game against the Giants on Monday night in which the Bucks travel on the road to New York will not feature Chris Godwin. Broke a finger. It required surgery. He's going to miss that game. Does look like he'll be back relatively quickly. Um, that's important because the Bucks play the Saints November the 8th at Raymond James Stadium. You need to avenge that previous loss uh, to them. I think the Bucks looked like a better team than the Saints basically post that game. Uh, in every sense of the word, I think they're better than the Saints. They're better at quarterback right now. Uh, they're they're better on defense by a lot because the defense that we thought would be good for New Orleans is not. But we don't play the Saints this week, so I'll leave that alone. Um, we're we're going to look at the Giants game, which is uh, obviously an imminently winnable game. Bucks should win this game relatively easy, which means it'll be close and we'll all be sweating it. But it's it's you know every time I think I know something for sure in this league, something else happens that leads me down another road. But uh, honestly, th this should be uh, an easy win for the Bucks. I, I do know again. Um, at some point, I wonder, Tom, uh, 
and, and when we look ahead at this game, rather than break down any X's and O's in this situation, do you you're without Godwin, and it feels like to me Evans needs a game off. I mean, he's just not right. Uh, he's he's gutting it out because he's tough, but that ankle, that foot, that situation's not going to get better if he's yep. if he's playing every week. The problem is with Godwin out, you don't want to sit Evans too. Uh, but the Giants are the Giants. You kind of feel like you could do that. I, I just wonder when you're going to get him the requisite rest to heal up. Well, yeah, I think this is a game that you can only disappoint from the national media standpoint. You can't do anything to impress. You know, so what if you beat the Giants 38 to three? Who cares? It's yeah. like, well, you know, they're the Giants, and people will just talk about how terrible the NFC East is the next day. But I, I'm interested to see because this is a group that's doing something now that the elite teams do which is when a team is down, they kick the crap out of them. And then they kick them again. And then they kick them. Somebody has to go up to them and say, stop. Stop kicking them. They're not moving anymore. That's what the Bucks are looking like. <laughs> and so I'm interested to see, especially on defense, you know, if you need to carry the day and keep the Giants at bay and it's without short fields or turnovers, a situation where you can keep them at 10, 13 points, that should be plenty. And if the offense wants to experiment with some things, fine. If I'm Scotty Miller, I'm enjoying every last target that I get because it's about to be taken away by a piece of crap. If I'm Tyler Johnson, I look at this as an opportunity to continue to, to develop in the offense. You saw they had a play schemed up for him in the Chicago game on a Thursday night. He caught a touchdown against the Packers. He caught another touchdown. Okay, Tyler Johnson, apparently they like him to play the Godwin role in the future because he's a little bit more physical. Here's a real big opportunity to do so. And I should footnote, too, when I said at the beginning that Gronk and, and Devin White are my two favorite players to watch. That's right now. But Chris Godwin is my favorite player oh, to watch tough every sucker. week because of all the things he does. So Johnson, uh, you mentioned Johnson uh, at wide receiver. He did play 29 snaps in this last game. Watson played in 12. Um, so they need to probably play in an increasing role here, at least for yeah. a short period of time, if you're going to get uh, Evans off the field. Evans, of the 72 snaps available, played on 62 of them. And, you know, a lot of times he was a decoy. A lot of times he was a blocker. Uh, the one, he did make the one catch. That's back-to-back games with one reception. Um, at some point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to need a little bit more production. But, uh, again, that probably can't happen until he's healthy. So I, I, it, they're kind of in a quandary here. I do uh, – I will say this – the the Bucks, the Bucks owe the Giants. I'm still angry about that loss. I'm still all right. Let's let's see what happens, Danny Dimes. Let's see what happens now. The whole league has seen you play, and you're not going to run around on this defense. And he did against us that game, that fateful day that we choked it away and couldn't make kicks and everything else. Uh, but I. I I'm going to take weird pleasure in this beatdown if it happens. Well, and this is this is a maturity game, and this is where the yeah. Brady insurance policy is the huge one. He's going to be so ornery. He likes to be extra ornery in games where that you've got it in hand. It's kind of like Nick Saban coaching against an FCS team. You know, you're like, why is he losing his mind? Because he's trying to make a point and he's trying to act tough. But okay, I'll take that. I'm not used to that around these parts in Tampa. So go for it. If Brady's a little bit extra, going to scream down his guys because they're not living up to right, the detail-oriented right, right, right. nature of what they need to do and on the way to a 24-point win over the Giants, fine. That's a new experience for Bucks fans. We haven't expected to win a game by multiple scores week in and week out since when? Since the the red tide defense of 02. Yeah, the 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 amount of accountability that you see right now in that locker room is why I brought up the frustration about Antonio Brown. Yeah, I agree. You're talking about the very thing in game, the expressions on the leaders of this team's faces, how they act even in victory, even when things are going well, they're demanding more of their fellow players. And 
this move runs counter to that. Well, and, and I said this um, on the weekday show here, which is that, listen, morality and the NFL go together like politics and truth. They just they don't. But there's a difference between giving somebody a second chance and like a seventh. Well, yeah, that's when Arian said he, I believe in second chances. We're, we're well past that point, Bruce. Again, we'll see if he ever suits up. Let's hope not. I hope not. Let's yeah. hope not. Let's hope the Bucks get the win here and nobody else gets hurt, knock on wood. I do want to say again, because I ripped him about three weeks ago, maybe it was four weeks ago, can't remember now, uh, but you're absolutely right. Gronk is uh, exceptional right now, and he looks like a completely different player than the one that I was describing as caught in quicksand. So I got to own that because I was hard on him, but I've watched just like you have, and every week he looks faster. He looks more fluid. He looks more in the rhythm of the game. Four or five years ago, I said Levante was done. We need to get rid of him. <laughs> and you know what? Here he still Oops. is. Well, yeah. 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 He was hurt. And apparently yeah. the, the injury yeah. was very significant yeah. because yeah. now he's shot out of a cannon every week. Yeah, him and Devin White, the two guys that I like to watch play football the most around the league. Good and, work out of you. And Sue, sorry. Oh, Sue's playing great. Angry and Dominican Sue is here to stay, folks. Come on, and Dominican Sue, stay angry, baby. Yeah, it's it's fun. Uh, go Bucks, as always. And uh, you know, hey, I'm sure there are going to be plenty of you who listen to this, disagree with our take on Antonio Brown. That's fine. It's a good thing. We're not telling you what to believe, telling you what we believe. So there's that. Uh, our thanks to uh, Lee DeKemper. He didn't come on today, but uh, not because he, he we he went was, early. He was thwarted. Yeah, we got things we got. We got a bye week in Tallahassee, so we <laughs> cut this early. We cut. Yeah, and and to your point, I totally agree. Yeah, ain't trying to live your life for you as a no, Bucks fan. You, you get your you drink do. on. You enjoy the cannons firing and all that stuff. Mm. I will Monday night when he's gone. I'm right back there yeah, with you, buddy. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Well, but but we're still doing this show regardless. Oh yeah, yeah. That's It'll be fun good. to break down. Yeah, because they are a good team and they're getting better all the time. Yeah.